St. Thomas Aquinas, Paxo, thumbs up. Beloved, years ago, I heard someone preach about this passage of Scripture. And he gave a rather interesting scenario about um, this preacher who was going on about this passage and saying, well, there will be wailing and there will be grinding of teeth. So someone in the congregation said, well, Father, but my grandfather is so old, he doesn't have any teeth. And the preacher said, God will provide. So, one way or other, we shall grind our teeth. But beloved, uh, well, let's thank God first and foremost for bringing us together on a beautiful Sunday morning like this. I want to reflect briefly on these passages of Scripture uh, which have been given to us. My impression about the readings of today is that the message is not at the surface. Um, the message is pretty deep. And what is it about? It's, if we were to give it a title, it should be something like, um, what is required for you to enter into the kingdom of God or the requirements for entering the kingdom of God? I think that's what the passage is talking about. Now, before I do anything, I want to explain one concept which kept coming up in the passage. And maybe I've explained to you before, but as a good teacher, I will repeat. The concept of the gate. So, um, again and again, you heard in the reading um, that strive to enter through the narrow gate or the narrow door, depending on which translation you're reading from. Then it says, you know, that the, the master of the house will arise and he will close or he will shut the gate or the door and so on and so forth. But let's begin by asking ourselves first and foremost what that gate is about. In fact, any time in Scripture you come across the gate, especially the gate to the city, it has a specific meaning. Well, let's agree that there's more than one meaning, but there's an important meaning we should not escape. Now, back in Israel, the city gate was for more than just one purpose. Of course, it was architecturally and structurally designed for defense you know, to keep people out or to keep people in the city. But socially, it was meant for a different thing. The gate was the place, I don't know how it came about, but it was the place where the elders of the city gathered. And if there was some uh, dispute, they would resolve it. In fact, the gate was the court. So that is where judicial processes would take place. If you remember the story of the widow of Zarephath, 
okay? Um, Elijah found her somewhere around the city gates where she was collecting sticks. If you remember the story of Ruth, Ruth chapter 4, it says that when Boaz wanted to marry Ruth, he went to the city gate. And that's where he met the elders of the, of the city and they discussed the question of who had the right to marry the woman. So that's what the gate is about. And you see, once the readings of today begin again and again to mention the gate, I will shut the gate, strive to enter the gate, the theme is not just about defense, it's about judgment. I was a little confused why on the 21st Sunday of the year, the theme should be about judgment. Usually, you expect these themes from the 30th Sunday of the year towards the end of the liturgical year, but here it is. And so the question is about, we're reflecting really about one of the last things, the eschata, the fact that towards the end of our lives, we ought to arrive at that gate. And the question is, when we arrive at the gate, how do we enter? Do we have the requirements? Do we have the visa, passport, to enter into it? That's, that's really the problem for today. And I want to suggest to you that <clears throat> there are three scenarios or three things that I found in the text, and I... I honestly was surprised myself as I reflected. Um, three things, three things that might allow a person or might disallow a person from entering through the gate. Now, the first thing is that he says, agonizomai, struggle to enter into the gate. For the gate is narrow, you heard that. So, the first thing is that the possibility of entering into the gate or through the gate is first and foremost a matter of struggle, agonizomai. And in fact, if you, if you looked at that word, um, that word for struggle, agonizomai, you can already hear in it agony. But that word for struggle is really the word in Greek that is used for what? athletes do. You know, so um, when I, I used to live on campus, I used to try at least a few times during the week to walk up the hill, you know, to the registry and come through Commonwealth Hall and come back. And as I would be walking and panting and trying to go up the hill, I would see these lanky athletes racing past me when my tongue is hanging out of my mouth. I could only admire them. But you can see that what is built into it is the training, isn't it? The fact that they are at it every day. You know, they wake up and they're doing it. The other day, there was something on the news about our former Black Stars captain, our legendary Asamwajan, who says he wants to go to the World Cup. 
And one of his own colleagues, uh, I think it's Ajiman Bedu, is supposed to have responded or retorted and said to him, Master Mwajan, you know as well as I do that it will take you more than six months to prepare yourself for the World Cup. You are not physically in shape. It will take you a lot of running, a lot of training. You can't do that in six months. I was surprised. So what it means is that you need to be constantly and consistently training to be able to, to play that match. And for the Christian, for entering into the kingdom, that's the first thing that Jesus tells us. We need constant and consistent training in good works so that we can enter the kingdom. That's the number one thing. In fact, in our second reading from the letter of Hebrews chapter 12, it's the same thing that he's talking about. He says, what father does not train his child? In fact, the word train is used about three times. What father does not correct the child? What father does not train the child? So the first thing that we need to enter the kingdom of God is training. Physical discipline is what we need. Already back in the Middle Ages, from the time of St. Thomas Aquinas, our patron saint, was one thing that Thomas Aquinas used to talk about. He used to talk about something called virtue. Virtue, as opposed to vice. And Thomas Aquinas used to teach that the Christian must, must grow in virtue. And what is virtue? How do you acquire virtue? It is simply by repeating the things that are good. Until such time that they become more or less a part of you. So, for instance, there's somebody who um, is not praying. How do you get into the habit of praying? By praying. And as you keep doing it, as you keep doing it, it becomes a part of you. Remember some time ago when you were doing your life in the spirit seminar, you used to wake up constantly and every day you used to pray. At some point when you don't pray, you feel that there is something missing. Did somebody say amen? Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, is it not true what I'm saying? You want to learn how to give, to be generous. You, you begin by giving to the point where it becomes almost second nature. That when somebody asks something of you, almost automatically you stretch out your hands. And in the same way, avoiding evil is by the same way, by repetitive behavior until it becomes part of you. You notice in your spirit that these days you are telling too many lies. So just like my lanky friends who trek up the hill and run down again and trek up the hill and run down again until at a point it becomes almost second nature to them, agonizomai. That's what it means. Jesus is saying that the first thing you need to be able to enter into the kingdom is that. But you see, the problem is that even with that, Jesus says some people might still be shut out. And when I read it, I, I paused and I thought about it. How can he on the one hand say that agonizomai 
But he says still some will be, will be shut out. You see, because with our own strength, with our own discipline, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In fact, if you remember the passage began by saying it was the Pharisees who came to him. And you could not have been more disciplined than a Pharisee. You, you couldn't. Look at Paul. He says, look, as far as the law was concerned, I was perfect. A man who was trained, you couldn't be more trained than Paul. But that was not enough. So you see, virtue is good. We must practice virtue. We must learn, you know, good habits and so on and so forth. But Jesus says that even that, to the extent that it's about my strength, to the extent that it's about me fasting three times a week, is somebody hearing me? To the extent that it's about the fact that I can blast for one hour, Even that won't save you. So yes, struggle is good. Training is good. And so on and so forth. But remember that the Pharisees were better than you. That's number one. Number two. There's another way that people will want to enter into the kingdom. It's very interesting as I was reading this one. It says, when the door has been shut, they will stand outside and say, Lord, Lord, did we not eat and drink with you? Did you not teach in our streets? You see, beloved, this is something that we all do. You're going for an appointment, you're late. You, you need a job. The window has been closed. What do you do? You use your personal contacts, isn't it? You bargain. You talk it out. And that's the second thing that, that Jesus is talking about. People will try to, to bargain their way through, to talk, you know, to discuss and say, look, I, oh, I know you. Use personal contacts. In the world, it's important. If you don't have personal contacts, you are going nowhere. At least not in Ghana. So even when the door is shut, we all know it. When the door for that job is shut, because you know somebody who knows somebody, the door will be open for you. There's somebody with me. And what, what therefore Jesus is describing is this situation which is a very human situation. People enter shut doors because of who they know. So look, we were in Vandal City together. Oh, we were members of, you know, Park Square. Just recently, I was in the office last week, and one student came to see a colleague in the office and said, oh, prof, your 
your niece who is in city campus says I should come to you to sign this for me. And then the prof said, what is the name of my niece? I don't know. But we all do that. To be able to enter through that shut door, we need connections. We need people who will intercede for us so that we can enter into the shut door. Jesus says the, the only problem is that in heaven it doesn't work that way. So look here. Number one, agonizomai. The struggle is good, but it has its limits. The personal contacts are good. I ate with you. I drank with you. But that, it, that, it goes only so far. It doesn't get further. And then Jesus gives the third one. And I thought, my God. He says that people will come from the east and they will come from the west. And they will sit at table with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. You know, at the end of the day, beloved, entering into the kingdom is just a gift from God. Nobody can earn it. It's neither by our struggle, nor our contacts. It's the grace of God. And you know, when, when on that day we come to the judgment seat of God, what will count is God's mercy. Jesus says, those who, who were last will be first. And those first will be last. Really, no one can earn the kingdom Nobody can. We are dependent on God's mercy. And that is what, in fact, in our first reading from Isaiah chapter 66, Jesus, God is talking about. He says, look, at the end of time, those who were not part of the kingdom, Lut, Tashish, Put, all these foreign nations will be brought into the kingdom. Why? Because God is merciful. Not because they deserve it. But because God's mercy is abundant. Really, beloved, today that is the good news. That no matter who we are, no matter our condition, we can trust in the mercy of God. And you see, that is the message of the gospel whose agents we have become. Our message is to let the world know that God is merciful. Yes, indeed, we strive. Yes, indeed, we seek to be in his presence. But at the end of the day, don't shut the door to anyone because God is love. And even if we enter into the kingdom, it will not be because of our struggle. It will not be because we sat and ate and drank in his presence. It will be because God is merciful. That is the message. 
And beloved, this week as we go out, you know, and as we strive to do the things that we do, to be good Catholics, to be good Christians, let us not forget that point. At the end of the day, we will make the kingdom, we will enter the gate, not because of our goodness, but because God is good. And our trust, our hope, and our confidence is in God's mercy. Bring that message to somebody today. Somebody who's lost hope. Somebody who feels excluded. Reassure that person that God loves them. I pray that the Lord will fill us once again with the strength. That whoever is down today will be lifted up. Whoever is in need of God's mercy will hear that voice. Saying to them, I love you my child. May God bless us. Amen.